and welcome to So It's a Show, a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelai Nori's pop culture references on Gilmore Girls. I am Taylor. And I'm the woman. Oh! Uh, yes, it's Taylor and the woman, which I suppose if you are a first time listener would be confusing. We're both women. We're both just here and ready to talk about Chico and the man, I guess. <laughs> that's our, that's going to be the official reboot. Uh, Taylor and I are co-stars. Mm-mm, I love this. Yes, we could have our own sitcom. I love this idea. Do we share an apartment? Is that this premise? Yeah, you could live in a uh, little, a, a large dollhouse in the garage, and mm-hmm. we'll own a bakery. Ooh, I love that. Perfect. And our decor will randomly change at different times. Sounds good. Always to keep up with the times. All of a sudden, we'll always have the chicest living room and chicest bakery um, <laughs> with all the trendiest snacks that you could want and there will never be a question of how we can afford these places no or how we stay in business yeah and our style as well well your clothes will be great mine will be subpar but (laughs) that's okay we have stylists on the show we can both look awesome oh okay never mind never mind yeah it doesn't have to be like the original and there's no questions about How, yeah, this is in sitcom world. Nobody has questions about money. That's all I'm saying. Mm, True. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And then we'll sell t-shirts. And (laughs) done. (laughs) Done. But before we explain what in the Chico and the Man world we're talking about, maybe some pop culture recommendations that do exist? Uh, yes. Felt pretty confident in my recommendation of... What you watching, Taylor? Well, I was actually going to recommend two things that are not watching things. Oh, okay. I'm going to branch it out. But they are two-fourths of something we have talked about. First off, I'm going to tell you Paul McCartney and the Wings released an album in 1973 called Band on the Run, and I'm listening to it all the time. Um, It was one of my favorite albums of 2022. I'm revisiting it again at the start of 2023 because some of it was on my Spotify Top 100, and I'm just all into it. Guys, Paul McCartney, the real deal. I'm a fan. He's alive, and as Taylor reminded me this past week via texting, he's not the only Beatles that is alive. And you're setting me up perfectly for my second thing that I want to recommend. Oh, go for it. And it is Ringo Starr's Twitter. Because, wait, he's the live one? Yes. Okay, cool. I was going to say it Um, was George something. Oh, my gosh. Dear bless you. George Martin? you got to be kidding me. Right now, I sent you the Wikipedia article (laughs) to bookmark so you never forget. It's not George Miller. I know it's not George Miller. It's not George Miller. It's I'm not going to tell you this time. I'm one of these days you're going to have to learn on your own, Kyla. Um, I just, for the moment, we're going to talk about Ringo Starr's Twitter and how fabulous it is. I feel like these two go together because obviously both the Beatles, but Mm -hmm. if you want someone to wish you happy new year, peace and love, sunglasses, face emoji, 
peace sign emoji with the hand, star emoji, heart emoji, sparkling heart emoji, two music emojis, <laughs> rose emoji, rainbow emoji, broccoli emoji, wow. and peace sign, the symbol emoji. I just, I just want everyone to know that this exists. You can have just pure joy added to your Twitter feed by following Ringo Star. Amazing. Imagine the difference that could have made for George, for Emily and Richard. If they were <laughs> follow, able to follow Ringo Starr, they would never forget that he's alive, and neither would I. Yeah, they do think Bingo is alive, right. if I remember correctly. Okay, yes. so they were close. Okay, um, did you pull up that Wikipedia article I sent you? Nope, I've been sitting here trying to remember his last name. <laughs> Bless you. I just love you so much, and I just want you to know I'm rooting for you. Because I want to do it with my own mind, you know? I don't want to look it up. I want to remember. (laughs) (laughs) But right now I don't. I'll let you know if and when I do. Stay tuned. Uh (laughs) Sounds good. What have you been excited about? Well, I'm among the millions who enjoyed The Last of Us on HBO Max. Mm. So... I am a gamer in the same way that I am a reader, in that I, much like how I listen to audiobooks, I watch my husband play video games. Mm. So, you know, uh, that's my best way to explain it. So I have watched The Last of Us be played through um, on the PlayStation two or three times, maybe. So big fan of the story. I know what happens. But that pilot episode, wow, did it stress me out. Even though I knew exactly what was coming, it was intense. So it's not for the faint of heart. It can, it's a little, it's like a little gruesome, yes, but not like, well, I haven't seen The Walking Dead, so I don't know how gruesome that is. (laughs) But I imagine it's, it's not Game of Thrones gruesome. And I I still haven't watched Game of Thrones, but I've heard enough that I know it's, Because I don't watch gruesome things. So, anyways, a little bit. I turned my eyes and I was like, eh, I don't need to see that. But uh, it was really good and cool to see a video game adapted into a TV show. So, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I feel like listening to an audiobook is just as much reading. I don't feel like that's a hundred one for one comparison. I just want you to give yourself credit for reading books by listening to them. <laughs> Well, I see, I when I first talked to another friend who reads and is also a published author, she was like, no, if I listen to an audiobook, I don't say that I read the book. <laughs> so I, she, she knew how she sounded. But also, you as a fellow watcher as opposed to reader, I, I think I like your opinion better. Well, and didn't you fully experience the piece of art? Yes. Yes, but I did not like read, you know, because reading, like, I consumed the book, maybe. You know? I think we're going to have to de- agree to disagree. You really read books, Kyla. You just listen to them. Mm, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Last of Us, take a, take a watch. There's too many great movies. The burden is overwhelming. I'm sinking under the pressure. Well, many moons before that show premiered. A different show premiered, and today we are here to talk about that show. 
And then we are here to talk about another show that premiered many moons before that one. <laughs> but first, let's talk about Gilmore Girls 619. I get a sidekick out of you, which is the episode where every parent learns to text, which <laughs> is very fun. Yeah. This is the IMDb plot summary. Lane is getting married, and the entire episode consists of a Korean wedding and then the American wedding. That's the summary? <laughs> yes. That was terrible. I know, and it's a little meta, like actually mentioning the entire episode. It's like breaking the yeah. fourth wall here. Yeah, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> what happened to the other person? They were great. I know. Last time the episode was like... A paragraph long of description. This is one sentence. Okay. Not wrong. Accurate. We do have Lane getting married twice. If I were to summarize this episode, and I will right now, I would write it as <laughs> Lane is getting one husband, but two weddings. Uh. Cultures collide in a beautiful way. Lorelai, desperate for a date, invites her daughter's new pen pal, her dad, (laughs) 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 and uh, booze play a part in the truths Lorelai reveals. And will there be enough seats? (laughs) Yeah. Whoa! Hey! What the hell is happening? Is bulls coming out of there? We would have heard the china oh, breaking. Oh, good! Why aren't you running? Well, why shouldn't we be running? To get to the church. For what? For the wedding. I thought this was the wedding. This is the grandmother's wedding. Now we do the mother's wedding. Why do we have to run? Because there's 58 seats and 62 Koreans. Oh, boy! Go! Well, in the middle of Lane's American wedding, this is a conversation that Lorelai has with Rory's pen pal, a.k.a. her dad, as Lane <laughs> comes down the aisle. You know, I remember the day I met Lane. It was Rory's first day of kindergarten, and she insisted on wearing my Chico and the Man t-shirt, which I thought would either elicit confused shrugs or label her as the weird 70s sitcom kid. And we walked in the classroom, and Lane came running up to her and offered to share crayons with her, and I was so grateful, because I thought even if Lane turned out to be a psycho, bad seed serial killer kid, at least Rory had a friend who knew it would turn out to be a lifelong friendship. Okay. Tell me what you knew about Chico and the Man. Well, I knew it was a weird 70s sitcom. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. I thought it was a band because doesn't that sound like a band name? Sure does. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. That would actually be a great band name. I knew exactly the same amount as you. I Ah, assumed it. Well, I, I just only knew about it from Gilmore Girls. So I was at nothing. Yeah. All right. Now we're at something. Well, we are. We are at (laughs) Chico and the Man was a sitcom that ran from 1974 to 78 for 88 episodes, starring Jack Albertson, Freddie Prince, Flash Bugatti, Scatman Carruthers, Della Reese, who you might know from our generation as Touched by an Angel Gal. Yeah. Did you ever watch that growing up? Yeah, Mm -hmm. she was on there. And Gabriel Melgar. We got to talk about some guest stars because yeah, we do. 
I looked for Paul Anka and Angela Lansbury, and I'm truly shook they were not on this show because basically wow. everyone else we've ever talked about was on this show. <laughs> okay. Did want to call out Jose Feliciano did the music, including the theme song, and so he appeared on the show. You might know him as Sir uh, Feliz Navidad every Christmas. Hmm. Uh, his little ditty is so fun. We also have Bernie Koppel, who was on The Love Boat, Get Smart, and Bewitched. We have Penny Marshall from Laverne and Shirley, and her character name on this show was Anita Cappuccino, which (laughs) I love so much. I love that. We also have Bruce Kirby, who was just one of those people that has, like, guest starred on almost every show we've talked about, and I just wanted to highlight him. He was on Murder, She Wrote, Columbo, Mary Tyler Moore, I Dream of Jeannie, and The Patty Duke Show. I mean, this guy's in everything. Jim Backus, who played the millionaire on Gilligan's Island. Pat Morita. We haven't talked about him, but he's from The Karate Kid. Super cool guy. Cesar Romero, Shelley Winters, George Takai, Sammy Davis Jr. of the Rat Pack, and Charo. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. We'll, we'll talk about her lots more. I can't wait. Um, another guest star that I found was Larry Hovis, and he was on Hogan's Heroes. <gasps> Great catch. I can't catch them all. I'm not a pokey master. That's why we're a team. I love it. We're Taylor and the woman. (laughs) Notably, this show won an Emmy for Best Actor in a Comedy, which was the man himself, Jack Albertson. He was nominated two more times, and he is one of the oldest people ever to be nominated in this category at age 70. And notably, he was 47 years older than his co-star, Freddie Prince. a.k.a. Chico, and the show was also nominated for Outstanding Achievement and Special Musical Material for the theme song by Jose Feliciano. One, two, one, two, three, and... So, this show was about a grumpy old man, a.k.a. the man, uh, who had a (laughs) garage, a auto shop, and a gas station, which I think was, like, more normal back in the day to have, like, Mm -hmm. sell gas and fix cars. And then a friendly neighborhood, Freddie Prince, a.k.a. Chico, comes Mm -hmm. over and is like, hey, you should hire me as your partner. I know what I'm doing. And he certainly did. And uh, I just, I feel like I just have to say right off the bat, I I did not like this show. Okay. Just because this guy was so, so mean and so racist. Okay. Probably the most blatant we've watched. Because what was that, that other show... With the crotchety old man and his son. Similar to this, they owned like a a used Oh, Sanford store. and Son? Yes. You watched that one. Oh, I did not. Right. Because we okay, had a so, that was a two parter or a double right. reference episode. Well, it mm-hmm. felt similar to that in that it's two people, one older and angry and one younger and like kind of starry eyed running kind of a rundown business. But 
man, this guy was just said terrible things to Chico the whole time. So just thought it was very sad. <laughs> but anyways, I feel like I just wanted to say that off the bat. How do you feel about the show? Well, I also am curious, which episodes did you watch? Mm, that could help. I watched the pilot. Okay. And I watched episode 207, just kind of a random one. And then I watched kind of some other clips, so we can talk okay. about those more later. But what did you watch? I also watched 207 because oh, okay. <laughs> this show is not easy to find. Mm-mm. Interestingly, of the two episodes I watched, which I could not find any legal way to watch this. So please let it be uh-uh. known to the powers that be. I legitimately tried to find a place to watch <laughs> this, even for mm-hmm. rent. I looked at the library, could not find anything. So I found some random uploads on YouTube. Same. And... They were clearly old VHS tapes that somebody had uploaded, which, what a treat. So clearly this was showing on TV land in the early 2000s because that's what I was watching on one of these episodes. Oh, you got the old commercials just like Lorelai likes to have. I watched all the old commercials. I loved it. It was so fun. And there was another one that it was like, this might be 80s or 90s. I don't know when Mm. this is from. But 207, this is one called Miss Liz, and Ed, a.k.a. the man, admits that Chico's new girlfriend is a terrible singer, and they get into a disagreement about this. And then Mm -hmm. I watched 313, A Minority of One, in which Della, who I guess was going by her own name in the show, Della Reese, convinces Ed to join the Barrio Better Business Bureau, As he's the only white person left in the neighborhood, so he is a minority (laughs) of one, hence the episode title. And um, there is a joke in that episode about Charo saying coochie coochie. So, In what I saw her in as well, I saw she did do the coochie coochie line. So my experience from these two episodes, I did not watch the pilot, is it is definitely of its time. I would not want a show to be made with the same jokes today. Mm -hmm. My impression of the show is that for the time, it was probably fairly progressive in that it actually had a Latino man in a starring role. And I Mm -hmm. also read it. It was the first show set in a Latin neighborhood. And then it was another 25 years before there was another sitcom with a Latino man as Mm -hmm. the lead, the George Lopez show. So... Mm -hmm in its history, in some ways, was fairly progressive. Obviously, I do not think the jokes would be appropriate for today because our culture Mm -hmm. is very different today. But I felt like the spirit of the show is it seemed like the idea was, like, this crotchety old man needs to get with the times. And, like, ultimately, like, by the time I'm watching in seasons two and three, even over the course of those two episodes, he's, like, more open by the end of each episode so Mm -hmm. i feel like the spirit of the show is it's trying to be like a positive thing but you're not wrong (laughs) that it's very dated 
And I read that the network got a ton of complaints when the show first started airing because of its racism and that it got better. And granted, I watched the pilot, which was, I mean, truly, it was just upsetting. It's just like, I don't don't want to say the things he said, but just like everything he said to Chico was, was really terrible. And so... At 2.07, it was, like, it was less, but it was still, like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. still an ick factor. Um, but perhaps if I hadn't seen the pilot, 2.07 would have been, like, I wouldn't have been, like, so aware of it, you know, because it did get a little better. So, anyways, but pilot was pretty awful. Yeah. All that to say, I wish this show were more available because a, it would have been helpful to find more episodes to, like, put yeah. it in context. Yeah. And B, nobody writes about this show. Like, I could not find much criticism mm. about the show. I could not find much commentary or reflection about it either. And it's a little surprising because, as you may have guessed, if you didn't already know, Freddie Prince is Freddie Prince Jr.'s father. So mm-hmm. he has a very valid connection to today's entertainment world so you'd think there would be more pieces about freddie prince just floating around yeah and i could find some pieces that mentioned him but i really could not find a good understanding of the legacy of this show Mm. and so to your point like it feels almost like as modern viewers what episode you watch kind of impacts your viewing and like even me, like maybe I'm being too soft on it because I only saw a couple episodes, you know, so. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Having more episodes would definitely be helpful throughout all the seasons. I did watch, um, so Freddie Prince, he got his start on the Johnny Carson show and he mm-hmm. did a stand up there and that was his, really his launch into fame. And so I watched that performance and he so in the in the show Chico and the Man, Freddie Prince plays a Mexican man, but he's actually Puerto Rican and German. Although he would always say that he was Puerto Rican and a Hungarian, so he would call himself Hungarian, I think, or Hungarian. <laughs> I don't know exactly yes. how he said it. Um, I believe it was his mother was Puerto Rican and his father was Hungarian. Right, but yeah. his father actually wasn't Hungarian; he was German. Oh. So interesting. It might have been like a little family myth. You know, I don't know. But since Freddie Prince Jr., he's like, I am Puerto Rican and German, not Puerto Rican and Hungarian. But I watched his his performance on Johnny Carson, Mm -hmm. which the audience roared like they were loving it. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he then sat down, Johnny Carson was like, oh, you're going to be something like Mm-hmm. This, like, you ki- you're you unknown and you just killed that. Like, that's rare that we see that. So that was kind of cool to see that, you know, coming true. But his whole performance was him mocking Puerto Ricans. And while, like, self-deprecating humor, like, totally. Like, you mm-hmm. are, I think it is great to not take yourself too seriously. But what was unsettling to me was that he was mocking himself his neighbors his washington heights where he lived which we all know thanks to lin-manuel miranda more about washington heights um (laughs) in front of 
a presumably white audience who's like, yeah, I agree with all of those. Mm. So that felt, it just felt really weird to like see that and then Chico and the man. And like, granted, I can understand people not taking you seriously and being like, all right, well, this is going to be how I get my break is if I kind of mock myself a little. But it's, again, looking at it as a whole now, I'm just like, ugh. But also, I'm not Puerto Rican. So if, (laughs) like, I would love to, again, like you were saying, hear from someone who, like, was aware of it at the time, who has the same background and kind of, like, give us some more context. But, like, looking at it, it just felt like, ugh. You know, but also yeah. Freddie Prince, he died after season three of the show, I believe it was. So we also didn't get to see his career beyond Chico and the Man. Mm-hmm. He unfortunately took his own life. So I wonder what would have happened, you know, decades later. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is just, there's just not a lot. Like, this is just not a show that has stayed in the cultural consciousness. No. Even for worse. Like, it's not even, to your point, like, a lot of things have not aged well. Maybe that's why it's not on late night TV anymore. You know, not alongside your friends' reruns or your whatever else reruns on Nick at Night. So I, like, really did try and find commentary or anything just to try and help me put it in context um, and to put, understand how do people feel about this show today? And I just, it's not a show people are talking about. So if you have experience with Chico and the Man, any of you beautiful listeners, if you have any thoughts, like, please, I would love to know uh, your thoughts on it because I clearly am not an expert, even though I've tried to become an amateur one. (laughs) Uh, And yes, to your point also, Yes, Freddie Prince took his own life toward the end of season three, and NBC tried to continue the show. They found an even younger co-star for Jack Albertson. It was a 12-year-old, Gabriel Melgar, and he, so they tried to keep the show going, and unfortunately, just they weren't able to keep up the momentum, which would be very difficult given the circumstances. And that's a lot Mm -hmm. of pressure to put on a 12-year-old, I think, too. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, the title of the show is Chico and the Man. So it just – Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't going to work. Yeah. So they tried to keep it going, and it didn't do so great. So um, went only 88 episodes. But to your point, Freddie Prince, it sounds like he really skyrocketed to fame really fast. And I uh, found a little article about him – at at his passing from Time Magazine. And just a fun fact about him, he graduated from the High School for the Performing Arts, a.k.a. the high school that inspired the movie Fame, which we have talked Mm -hmm. about. So he was a graduate there. And it sounds like he was struggling with depression and his fame came to just really fast. The article was called too much too soon sounds like he just really skyrocketed to fame overnight and it was just a really difficult adjustment for him so you know kind of as the sad part of the legacy of the show for sure yeah and actually his life tied into fame fame used um, his life a little bit in the movie um, oh. so there's a moment when the in one of the drama classes 
the teacher wants the students to talk about a painful memory to try to get some emotion out. And one of the characters, Ralph, talks about when he learned about the death of Freddie Prince, and that was his painful moment. And it was really because they then kind of used Freddie Prince's life and mirrored it in Ralph's life in that he like started with comedy and then got fame overnight, just like Freddie Prince on with his appearance on The Tonight Show. So it wasn't identical mirroring, but they did use his life as, as inspiration for that character. So I know we mentioned Charo coming on and she was in the final season uh, alongside Raul uh, worked um, with them. Um, Weirdly, she appeared as herself and she (laughs) wanted to work at this auto shop. Um, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Which uh, like literally a a customer comes through and is like, oh my gosh, could you open up my club? You're Charo. And she's like, cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. Uh, Sure. Because she wrecked his car because she didn't know how to fix it. So she was like, I'll sing and dance. And it's just, you know, it was just Charo being Charo. And it just did not, it was a weird, weird that she was playing herself. Oh, oh, well, well, well. Oh, hi. What can I do for you? Well, I, I am looking for Ed Brown's garage. I'm sure you didn't come in for a body shop. <laughs> Let me introduce you to me. Okay. I am Charo, the, the flamenco guitarist. Perhaps yes. you have been seeing me. No, uh, this is the first two times. <laughs> of course. Of course, I should get before you are not the type for serious music. Yes. I bet you like much, much more the gucci, gucci, gucci. Well, in a weird meta moment, too, I just think it's funny they referenced her by name. I didn't realize she was playing herself on the show when she was on it, but in that episode I watch where they reference her, Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the episode, the man makes a joke about how I can speak Spanish. Charo taught me coochie coochie. And then by the <laughs> end of the episode, he's actually learned real Spanish to try and communicate with the Barrio Better Business Bureau and to try mm. and work with them to improve the neighborhood. So that's kind of funny that he starts with coochie coochie. And then there's the jokes about how he misuses Spanish, which are pretty clever if you know any Spanish. And then... <laughs> he actually kind of learned some. But yes, I did not realize that he was referencing a real person who played herself on the show. Yeah, and I don't know at what point, when your episode came out versus the Charo compilation I watched, I don't know, but... Well, mine was by season three, so Mm. it was well into it. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, funny. Yeah. So should we talk about how this fits into the world of Gilmore Girls? Let's do it. Yeah, that was a super random shirt. Especially, (laughs) like we were saying, no one talks about the show anymore. Were they talking about it then? We do know it was on TV land in the early 2000s, the same time Gilmore Girls was on. (laughs) Because there was at least, gosh, there was a commercial for Blockbuster on there, which was very funny. And then there was another commercial 
that told me, oh, they mentioned ordering things online. So I was like, <laughs> okay, so we're not as old as we could be. So there would be possible ways to watch Chico and the Man, not just on Lorelai's old VHS tapes. But you are right. This is a very random show for her to reference and for Lorelai to have a T-shirt on that Rory would borrow on the first day of kindergarten. Yeah, like, I kind of want to see if that T-shirt exists. Do we think this was a shirt that Lorelai got in the 70s and therefore fit Rory on her first day of kindergarten? Well... You know, back then people were wearing like more form-fitting shirts, so maybe mm-hmm. it was like kind of baggy. I think so. I feel like it was a like original, not a, like a, not a re, you know mm. printed years later. I feel like yeah. it would be, uh, yeah, that would elicit confused shrugs from me for sure. <laughs> I, I'm and certainly Lane would have no idea what that show is because she was not allowed to watch it. Oh, yeah, definitely not. So I feel like this reference, in unusual pattern for Gilmore Girls, is less about Chico and the Man and more about Chico and the Man just representing the obscure 70s sitcoms that Lorelai held on to and then trained Rory at a very young age to watch and then showed Lane's early openness to things that her mother didn't approve of. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many times did Lane cover up a shirt she was wearing, you know? Mm, good point. Lane is not deterred yeah. by the pop culture reference, even if she doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Although, in her words, if you're going to know it, don't blow it. <laughs> and Stairway of Heavens from Led Zeppelin Four. If you're going to get into classic rock, know it, don't blow it. So, Taylor? So, Kyla? That's our show? That's our show! Oh, wait, sorry. So, the woman. That's our show. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Tune in next week for another episode of uh, Taylor and the Woman, Mm -hmm. where we don't get offensive. We get funny. Okay. (laughs) And hopefully find a reference that Literally anyone with access to old tapes could at least write about for us. Like that would that yeah. would be great. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Let us know if you have been able to find the show, what you think about it. You can email us, so it's a show at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter, Instagram, so it's a show. Until next time, here's a teaser for our next step. I'm having LASIK surgery on my eyes. Excellent topic. LASIK surgery, why? Well, I hate wearing glasses, so I found the best doctor on the East Coast, made an appointment, and I'm going in tomorrow. Personally, I like you with glasses. It's that whole dirty librarian thing, right, Dad? I beg your pardon? Three of the girls in my DAR group had it done already. I'm actually very excited about it. I got Dr. Morris. The LASIK man. From Dr. Sugarman, who is my ear and nose and throat man, and he said Dr. Morris is brilliant and very, very handsome. You never told me this. Well, he just threw it in at the end of the visit. I think that's incredibly unprofessional. Oh, Richard, he just was saying the man is handsome. Yes, as if it's a selling point. It can be. Hardly. Everyone knows ugly men make the best doctors. That's absurd. It's a fact. Marcus Welby was handsome, and George Clooney... Fake doctors, Mom.